Isn't that amazing? When the Bible talks in John 4 and, and talks about the scriptures and said that Jesus needs to go to Samaria. He, in his mind and in his heart, there's only one place he needs to get to right now, and that is Samaria. He says, I got to go because there's a lady there. Listen, listen. She says uh, this in here, and, and this really uh, got me because when I've read this a lot, she, she has a lot of questions where she's talking to him about. She has a lot of things where she's asking questions. Matter of fact, let, let's just turn to it. Uh, John chapter 4. And, and let's, John chapter 4. I'm going to start at verse number 5. John chapter 4, verse number 5. When you get it, say amen. amen. John chapter 4, verse number 5. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Now, that right there is what got me. First of all, the Bible said that Jesus came all the way to meet her, but the Bible says that he was weary in his traveling. But he still came all the way to meet this woman. Now, now, we understand this. Well, you know, if it's God, you know, God don't get tired and, and this and that. But we have to understand that he made himself like us. He suffered such like passions that we did. He got hungry. He, he, he cried. He, 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 even when he went to raise Lazarus, the Bible said that Jesus wept. So he had the same emotions, he had the same feelings as we did. God in the flesh come down, living among us, and he's thinking about one thing. Before I tell everybody who I really am, I want to go tell this woman. Amen. Listen, listen, this really stuck with me here because the thing about it is that when Jesus came, to the well, he come for one reason. He wanted her to know exactly who he was. I love that part in there right there because I really didn't get it. And uh, he said, uh, when, when he tells her, I, I, haven't made it, so I haven't made it public. She said, I'm going to tell everybody. And he says with a smile, I'm counting on it. Listen, he's counting on us. Telling everybody what he did for us. Amen. I know when we pull out of this scripture, a, 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 a lot of times we, we want to pull out the fact, you know, that this old woman, she was a, 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 just an old unclean Samaritan woman and she had five husbands and the one she wasn't living with wasn't her husband. I, I know we pull this out, but this morning, what I want to pull out of this story this morning is to tell you that he's coming just to visit with you. Yes. He's coming to sit at the well just so he can talk to you. Sometimes as Christians, you know, we've been saved for a while, but still yet, sometimes we need to re re remember that there is water that was given to us. There was water that was given to us so that we can drink. He said, I'm going to give you a drink of water. He said, and you will never thirst again. 
Now, we as church people, this is what we like to do. We'll come on in and get saved. Once you get saved, you'll never have a problem again. <laughs> that's really not what that's meaning, but that's meaning that, that, that everything else that will try to quench your thirst will never really quench your thirst because you'll always go back to this moment. Church, I think that it's time that we as a church people, I think it's time that we go back to that moment and we find out and we understand that it was in this moment when I gave my life to Christ that mattered the most. It was in this moment when everything else made sense. It was in this moment when I give up who I was and accepted that water from him. It was in this moment that changed my dynamics. She had issues, don't we all? Amen. Don't look around too many times. <laughs> she had things going on in her life. She came to the well at a certain time because if she came at this time, she didn't have to go through all the judgment. How many times sometimes as Christian people, you know, that they say this phrase right here. Well, I don't want to go down there to that church because they're all judgmental people. All they want to do is judge me for what I'm doing. And so, so she picked out a time, but Jesus beat her there. <laughs> Listen, I love this part because he goes before you. He knows exactly what's going on in your life. And even in the scriptures, she's talking about ancestors. She's talking about worship and she's talking about all of these things that there was a time when worship was open and now they took it and they put it over on this side and then put it here. Almost like the church sometimes has come to a place to where we said, well, this is how we do it and this is how we're going to start doing it and we're going to put a name on it and we're going to put a name over our door and this is how everything's going to be and, and we're going to do it like this and if you don't look like me, if you don't shout like me, and many people shout like me because I look crazy. Praise God, if you don't sing like me, if you don't dress like me, if you don't do those things, then I guess you must be something else. And God said, no, they're all mine. The Baptist is mine. The Presbyterian is mine. The Methodist is mine. Come on, somebody. They're all mine. And God wants us to understand that he's going before us and he will stand at a well when we're looking for something to drink that will never quench our thirst. And he will wait till we get there to give us the living water. It's a simple message. There's nothing deep about that. There's nothing theological about that. It's a simple thing that even we as Christians sometimes, uh, we got to remember the well that we stopped by at. Remember that well that you came to uh, when nobody else wanted to come to the well with you? That moment, that time in your life when you give everything over to God. When you really took that drink of water. Amen. Listen to me. This is serious as we begin to get into this. The world today, I'm telling you. Listen, 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 listen. Everybody say, I love the preacher. The world today does not care about anything that you care about when it comes to God. Amen. They do not care. Well, preacher, I know that. Well, then we ought to stand up and come to the well. 
We comprehend it here, but we're doing nothing about it. Jesus is sitting at a place and waiting. He's waiting on us. I know we're talking about the Samaritan woman. I know we're talking about the, the woman who, who, who is in him. But, but Jesus is reminding her, listen, hang on, listen, hang on. It ain't fulfilled yet. I'm not over with yet, but there's coming a time I'm going to die. I'm going to die on the cross. I'm going to go into hell. I'm going to take the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And it's going to be an open thing. And God is going to be a spirit. And you can worship him on this mountain. You can worship him in Hobby Lobby. Come on, somebody. You can worship him on the frozen food aisle of Walmart. It don't matter. You can worship him because it's going to be a spirit. And you're going to be able to freely worship God. You're going to be able to Give him everything you are. Going to come a time when he's going to open everything up and you're going to be free to worship. Well, praise I don't want to worship God like you do because you get kind of crazy. Well, you should have seen me when I was in the bar. Oh, that's normal. I forgot. It's like we look at things outside and we think, yeah, man, I mean, look at them cheese fans. I mean, they're taking their shirt off and painting their chest red. And, ah, ah. But man, don't go to church and raise your hands because that's weird. <laughs> yeah, all you cheese fans are idiots. See, Brown, no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Jesus is coming to a specific place. And the Bible says that while he was going there, he sent his disciples away because this was so important that he didn't even want to do it in front of the few chosen elect. Listen, this was going to be a personal thing. This was going to be a conversation that he was going to have with a woman who I believe that was very inspirational in years to come. Not only did she go down and tell the whole town, about Jesus. But there was a work that was done in her life that she was going to do, but he knew he was going to have to get to a place in her life and pull up some stuff that she's been hiding. She's hiding so much that she comes to the well alone because she knows everybody else knows about it and she's done talking about it. Anybody ever get to a place in your life where the things that you've done wrong, you're done talking about it, you're done seeing people, you're done hearing Facebook post, you're done seeing tweets and you're sick and tired, you know you've done wrong and it was wrong and I shouldn't have done it, but I'm done talking about it, I'm just going to stay away from the church people because they remind me about it, but Jesus said, I'm going to come when nobody else shows up I'm going to get in the middle of your mess and I'm going to heal the things in your life that does not ah, that does not make sense Hallelujah. I'm going to get into the broken places. Them broken places in your life. The devil thought he had you, but God said, "Uh uh-uh. Those are the places that I'm going to make him a true or her a true believer. 
Boy, the devil really thought he was just going to, I mean, mess everything up, especially when he had you 10 years on drugs. Oh, yeah, I got him now. It runs in the family. It's a generational curse. They can't get out of it. I'm going to mess their life up so much that when they go to get a job, nobody's going to hire them because they're a felon. I'm going to mess everything up in their lives so much that when they go to do something out of society, they're going to point their finger. They're not even going to know their name. They're just going to know what they've been called out of. They're just a man who robbed a liquor store. They're the girl who got pregnant in high school. They're going to mess everything up in the broken places. I'm telling somebody now, Jesus is at the well and he's waiting up. He's waiting on you to show up. Woo! Feel like Ric Flair. He's waiting on you to show up. And he's coming alone. He's sitting there. And he's waiting. He's waiting. Because, see, you're a creature of habit. You think, you think, well, no, you, 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 you are so habit that you do everything over and over and over. Every morning, my wife, I won't look at her. <laughs> There's one thing she does very well, and that is get up and walk down the stairs, not even say a word. Don't talk to her because she ain't had her coffee yet. <laughs> Go down the stairs. She turns on the Keurig, and you hear it, and you're thinking, oh, I can almost say a word. I can almost do it. I can, I can almost do it. And you say, <laughs> I'm not going to look at her because she's going to get. And so, and so I'm just waiting. <laughs> oh, it's almost here. It's almost here. She goes, oh, no. She gets the cream around. She pours the cream around. She stirs it up. And she goes. And she takes that drain. And I say, good morning, babe. She says, good morning. She takes two drinks and it's, hello, honey. No. <laughs> and some of y'all know y'all's just like that. Huh? Come on. Now. Him? Oh, you're a drama? <laughs> I hope we got that on camera. Praise God. Listen, just give me a few more minutes of your time. I don't want to take a lot of your time because I know that when I get it in there and it gets in your heart, God can do things. But here's, here's what I want to remind you, that Jesus came at a place there was nobody else around. He knew that he was going to get into some areas of her life that he needed to heal. And the only way he could heal it is if he didn't have the whole, whole church around here and everything. And she's mad already. She's like Anna without coffee. Why are you even talking to me? Ain't you a Jew and I'm unclean and you're over there talking? I mean, I mean, aren't you out of place already? He just keeps talking. Finally, she gets to that place and, and, and then when he goes in, this is what he said. She says, she says, in the words, she says, well, then give me a drink of the water that you keep talking about. Listen, listen. 
He says, okay, go get your husband. Oh, there's a touchy subject. Go get your husband and bring him back. Ain't God smart? I mean, he just pulls that thing out. And I mean, and, and, and <laughs> he just, he says, she says, well, I don't have a husband. Ha, huh? you thought you knew it all. He said, you're right, you don't. And the other five, the one you're living with now and the other five ain't, and that was six, but I'm number seven. Ah, I'm the seventh man to come into your, I'm about to run all over this place. Ah, you had five, and the sixth one you ain't living with, call me number seven. I'm perfection. I come up into your life, and I give you something that no other man could ever give you. See, he'll pull those places out of our lives. See, a lot of people come to church and we, we're sorry for what we've done. But when we have repented and turned around to walk another direction, there's a different thing that happens in our heart. A lot of people are full of people who made a decision that day because they was sorry for what they did. But when you repent, you don't have to be sorry for what you did in sin. You just come to Christ because he takes that and throws it as far as the east is to the west. So now you repent from it and you walk in that direction. And if we could have a church that could be that hungry. Woo. They can reach out to the hurting and the lost and no matter where they're at and no matter what's going on, don't you know that God has used Life Changers Church as well? Don't you know that there's people probably sitting here underneath the sound of my voice right now that there's things in your life that's been jacked up and messed up and crazy and you don't know how to fix it. The courts can't fix it. The doctor can't fix it. The lawyer can't fix it. Your friends can't fix it. Matter of fact, they won't even respond to you Facebook posts. They keep ignoring you and you're getting hung out to dry and you don't know what to do. I don't know who I'm talking to but somebody hear me this morning. This is a well, a place of living water that Christ would give to you. And you come all the way up and nobody knows everything that's going on in your life but there's a tragedy the tragedy of all tragedies. There's a tragedy. There's a thing happening and going on in your life right now and you're completely confused because the only way to get uh, uh, past this other place in your life, uh, the only way to get past, uh, the only way to move forward, uh, the only way to have true peace, uh, the only way to get the, the, the answers is through this well. Jesus Christ. The same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. The stock market changes. Walmart has toilet paper on some days and some. 
but he doesn't change. He is the same. Every single day of your life, he is the same. I know what went on in your life might not have been the greatest, but it didn't move God. He's still the same. He's coming to the well. He is here today just for you. Just for you. Pastor Anna, come be in a police. Just for you. This Sunday morning, just for you. He came here today, just for you. He's waiting. He's wanting you. <coughs> Pastor, you just don't know what I've been through. He does. I've been strung out on alcohol. I've been strung out on drugs. My family don't trust me. My friends don't trust me. You mean I can walk into this church and you can tell me that God, I can tell you with a straight face that the only person who never left you was God. And the only reason that you're even in this room or watching right now is because God has saved this moment just for you. He's at the well, my friend. Young man, man, young lady, he's at the well. He's sitting at the well and he's waiting on you. You're not waiting on him. See, you go to the doctor and you tell them, I'm here. They say, well, just go out in the waiting room and wait for a minute. And when the doctor uh, gets time, he'll see you. And you know good and well that the doctor's already there. Whew. But when you got a problem and you come to Jesus, you're not in a waiting room waiting on him to come and see you. He's already there. He's going to pull some things out of you. He's going to find out what it is in that place in your life that keeps you hid. My mom and dad used to stay awake till 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning waiting on me to get home. They raised me in church. I was raised in church since I was... I mean, since I was three years old, I was raised in church. And they would stay up to two or three o'clock in the morning praying, Lord, bring him home safe. Lord, don't let him get into a wreck. They would call out all kinds of things. And then when they found out that not only was I drinking, but now I was using dope. It's going into another prayer, Lord, Cause the dope dealers to get hung up and not get there. Cause he not to see nobody to sell any dope. I tell people all the time, I went from pushing dope to preaching hope. And I'm telling you right now, I met Jesus at the well. At the well, I met him. I met him as a young boy. But not even 23 years old. Walked through the back door of the church 
I had a mullet, a good looking mullet. Y'all know what I'm talking about. This is the 90s, 1995. I walked in and there he was sitting at the well. He was waiting on me. I'd done been in church. I'd done tasted the goodness of God. I'd done been in those places. Some people says, well, Hebrews 6 says that if you ever been in and tasted the goodness of God and walk out, you can't get out. Let me tell you something. They don't have no idea what they're talking about when they tell me I can't get back. I might not get back because of the church, but let me tell you something. Jesus is finding a spot and he's waiting on you. It ain't Abraham's well. It ain't Isaac's well. It's Jacob's well. It ain't it ironic. It's Jacob's well. The conniver. Oh, the seed eater. The liar. The con, the con man. It's Jacob's well that he's sitting at and he's waiting on us. 1995, I stood in that little storefront church with about 40 people. And that's the day that I told God, it's a Saturday night, Friday night, I done snorted coke. Oh my goodness. I done drank. Been up for three days. Not only coke, but crank. Been up for three days, out of my mind. Hadn't had no sleep. Hadn't had no rest. And showed up to church because my daddy kept saying, will you come to revival? I thought, my God, I wish he'd just leave me alone. You never know what's going to happen. Praise God, when you call somebody up and say, will you come to church? And, and, and they're running, and they're running, and the anointing gets inside of that phone line and says, come to church. I remember we was on our way to go out and eat, and Anna had on some, uh, uh, some, some, some boot-scooting pants, and she had on her, her, her boots, and I had on my Wranglers. Looked like they spray-painted them on me. You know what I'm talking about. And we're going out the door, and something hit me. And I said, let's go to church tonight. And she said, well, I got got to put a dress on. See, already the church has painted a picture. Well, don't come in here unless you look like me. Come on, somebody. But thank God that didn't stop us. She put the dress on and we went to church. Woo. I stood up in front of that line after I'm trying to leave. I'm walking out the door and something hits me and I run to the front of the altar and I'm crying and ain't <laughs> Anna's waiting on me to leave and she sees me at the altar and she's like, what is he doing? And when that preacher come and asked me, he said, what do you want? I couldn't even talk. I just started crying. I, 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 I just started crying. I couldn't even talk to tell him what I wanted. And while I'm crying, the enemy's telling me, reminding me, you know you got cocaine in your blood. You know, the alcohol hasn't moved out yet. You know, you're still kind of high and going through those emotions of, of all that dope and you're standing up here. Can you really make a decision to do what you're going to do? And I remember standing there and I remember telling God, I can't do this, but I came because you're here. And so I'm here and I'm going to dive in. I'm not stepping in, but I'm diving in and giving you everything. That was in 1995. There's several other times I've had to come back to this well. Even after I've given my life to Jesus. There's several other times it was confused. There's been times that I've hurt my church people. 
There are times when some of my best friends uh, lied about it. Uh, uh, certain things. There's been times uh, when, 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 when the enemy told me that I couldn't, and I would have to come back. Listen to me, church. I'd have to come back to the well. Jesus was always there. I like that. He was always there. Every head bowed. No one looking around. All over this room. building all over this building if you're at a place this morning you say preacher I don't know this Jesus you're talking about I want to give my life to him preacher these altars are open right now come right now come on Come on and just fall down. Give him everything. 